Welcome to the Urantia Radio Podcast. I'm Jim Watkins. It's always good to have you here. I'm recording this on Friday. What day is it? The 18th, 19th of uh, March. And the year is 2021. And I've been noticed, if you have noticed, I have been trying to do a little, uh, a more, uh, I don't know, book-oriented podcast lately. Just kind of focusing on what, what the book has to say. Sometimes it's good to go back and read some of the you know, like the thing on the family, I just can't get out of my mind. If you didn't listen to it, please do. Uh, because a lot of what I think is going on in the world, the just the craziness in general, is, is probably a result, at least in our neck of the world, here in America. It seems like there's a breakdown of the family. The, the family unit... Uh, has given away, given way to the tribal unit. And I try to uh, do a lot of writing on this stuff anyway. And what I think people fail to understand, because there's a lot of this going on in the world where everybody wants to change things and transform the world and transform the country. And, and basically uh, what people don't know or they haven't been taught is that today is a result of all of the things that we tried to do yesterday. Uh, I wrote an article where I talk about my kitchen and how my wife did some redecorating and we had the whole place gutted and we kind of started from scratch and, you know, we've been living in our house for almost 20 years and um, when it came time to put everything back together, we thought it would be kind of cool to try new things, put the coffee machine on the left instead of the right, uh, maybe move the glasses uh, above where the uh, the stove is as opposed to where the... Anyway, just trying different things. I'm sure you've done it. Move your furniture around. You, know, you try to try to do new things. And what I found was that everything had its place because all of the things that we had tried had already been tried. And we found that it was more efficient to have the glasses by the sink. And we found that it was more convenient to have the pots and pans to the left of the stove as opposed to across on the other side of the kitchen. Uh, and so... Society is like that. Society, we're where we're at today because we tried tribalism. We tried communism. We tried atheism. We tried just having a society where it was only based on philosophy and no religion. And we're trying to have societies that are based on religion and no philosophy. And so people forget that humanity is here as a result of everything that we've done. And this is what the Arantia book really goes into is it explains, it goes back into history and explains the, the mores and how they develop. And, and you know, I might have to take this. I think I am going to take this call and I'll be right back. All right. Just had to take care of a little business call. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the, the wonderful thing about the revelation is that we do get a review of humanity we do get a history lesson on all of the different things that we tried and what worked and what didn't. And, and even the writers of the Arantia book go as far as to, for the purpose of illustration, give us some insight into how another world has done things and what they've done. And they're very close to the way we are in the way that we've emerged out of a monarchy, we emerged out of a theocracy, you know, we emerged out of savagery, slavery, all of the things that happened before. We eventually came to the point 
where we are today because we tried those other things and those other things didn't work. And if they had worked, we would still be doing them. You know, if you look at Africa today, Africa is a, there, with a few exceptions, places like Ghana, maybe places like South, South Africa, maybe. But by and large, that country is a shithole. And I don't mean that in the that the people are bad or that the the beauty is bad. It's the governments that are bad. And and the reason that they're the way that they are today is because when they cast off colonialism, when they got rid of it and they said, you know, we want to be in charge of our own destiny here, they adopted Marxism because they didn't want to be like their slave owners. So these lawyer uh, these leaders that cropped up everywhere, were adopting Marxist and Leninist policies. And all of this is verified. It's not my opinion. In fact, I just read an article not that long ago, and it was from a well-respected uh, newspaper. It may have been National Geographic, and it talks about how Marxism has settled in. And as a result of that, you have these little mini-dictators and all these uh, countries and there's just so much infighting. I mean, I th- I think it's possible that within another two centuries, you could have another extinction going on in Africa. Your edge book tells us that the orange and uh, green races of the original uh, five or six perished two hundred thousand years ago, and we're going to get to some of that in a minute here. Because they were just fighting too much. You know, the Greens were known for their tallness, I guess, their giantness. And most of the Greens and most of the Oranges were just absorbed into the Indigo. The Indigo finally ended up dominating for tens of thousands of years. And in, in many ways, they still dominate the continent. I mean, it is their continent. It is their, their place where they decided to settle when the races were dispersing all over the the world, way back when, you know, and again, people don't know this stuff because they haven't read the Urantia book or they even haven't even read their own history books. Um, so anyway, the purpose of this particular podcast is I wanted to say to you uh, that what do you think life would be like on this world if people knew, and then I'm going to kind of go down the list here, How do you think people would behave differently if they knew these things? How would our societies be constructed differently? How would human beings treat each other? Men, women, uh, uh, attitudes towards old people, attitude towards the kind of leadership we elect, attitude towards other countries. How would all that be different if they knew what the Arantia book said about a subset of things. So let me go down the list. How do you think Americans would feel? Oh, let, let's broaden the picture. How do you think the world would feel if they knew that we were the 606th planet in a group of a thousand that are within 30 light years of each other? We just haven't found them yet, but we will. I would say we're less than a decade from finding out that there is maybe not intelligent life, but life, bountiful. We're going to find a planet one day. Maybe they won't be at that 
If, if, if the revelators allow it to happen, if the quarantine is lifted, if the Lucifer rebellion is finally settled, and if they lift the quarantine, did you know there's a quarantine on on our world? It's kind of like when you have a virus. You know, if you're working for a company and you have a virus on your computer, what do you do with that virus so that it doesn't spread to other computers? You quarantine the virus. And that's what uh, our world has been under, a quarantine for 250,000 years. And it happened because our planetary prince, Caligastia, joined the rebellion, the Lucifer Rebellion, which is narrated in fragmented form in the uh, Old Testament, or in yeah, uh, Revelations, actually, and part of Daniel, and part of Ezekiel. But the, the bigger picture is that we're a quarantine, so we're cut off. And what that means is literally cut off from interstellar communication. The only kinds of communication we get from our uh, you know, seraphic overseers, if you will, our unseen friends who kind of keep track of everything that's going on in our world, is through the Most Highs. The Most Highs do directly communicate, as I understand. I could be wrong. So there is a little bit of information that comes through. We do get travelers who are allowed to visit, student visitors. That's how we got the revelation. That's who the early contact commission were communicating with. They were communicating with student visitors. And then once they realized they had this communication pathway of the sleeping subject, then they were able to have more intelligent conversations. And that's when the process of the Urantia book came into play. There's your 30-second summation of how the Urantia book came, came to be. But we're still living in a very limited environment because we're not allowed to know, for example, a lot of stuff that might be transpiring on Adentia. And had we had a more normal course, had our planetary prince not fallen into sin and rebellion, had Adam and Eve not ate from the proverbial apple, and mated with the natives and created the what later became the Canaanites. Um, had all of those th- things not happened and we were a more normal sphere, we might actually be approaching that age where we would be receiving broadcast, universal broadcast, and that information would be relayed to us if all of those other things hadn't happened. So, by and large, humanity is mostly in the dark. We're mostly in the dark about our history. We're mostly in the dark about the deities. We don't understand anything about the hierarchy of our seraphic orders. We don't understand the differences between the various sons of God, as they are narrated in the Arantia book. We're still worshiping God and Jesus like our ancestors did, 2,000 years ago. We're still counting our beads. We're still, as Chris Halverson says, drinking new wine from old wineskins. The layers of tradition that have been attached to the 2,000-year history of Christianity is very analogous to a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree has all the traditions of everything else that comprise the Christian religion. As it has de-paganized all of these religions over the past 2,000 years, every one of those former pagan cults 
attracted to the teachings of the Lord, attracted to the concepts, sort of came with their own luggage. They all brought their own luggage. We worship Mary as the mother of Jesus. And that that finds its derivation in old ancient mother worship cults like uh, Osiris, the old Egyptian cults were very mother-oriented. Even the great mother spirit is something that people talk about today. And, and there's validity to it, because even the Urantia book describes the infinite spirit, who is the parent of all of the seraphic guardians and all the angels, the cherubs. Uh, and it's, she is referred to as the mother spirit. Even the offspring of the mother spirit, the divine daughters of the local universes, are denoted as female. And we know from reading the Urantia book that Christ Michael is, for all intents and purposes, married to the divine daughter who is the infinite spirit's offspring. And she, along with Michael, organize and minister to this creation they call Nebadon, which is our local universe of 10 million worlds. Again, another thumbnail of the Arantia narrative. And so... Think about all of the things that that most human beings walk around every day and do not know. They don't know anything about our history, our origins, and most especially our future, our destiny, because they don't have access to that information. And that's that's what makes this book so revolutionary, because it does provide context to what life is all about. And that's what makes it so special. And that's what I can't seem to get across to people. That's what's so dumbfounding. Because I asked myself, how is it that I came across this book and I was able to pick it up and I was able to read it and it made sense to me? And I only had a little bit of Christian teachings in me, not that much. I was already a believer in Christ. I already had, a rela- had already had a relationship with Christ going back to when I was a youngster. People in my own family thought I was a little too religious. It was kind of scary for them. But I just had, the only way I can explain it is, to me it was a completely natural thing to have a relationship with my inner being, who I used to call, refer to, my perfected being, my future self. Little did I realize then, when I was eight, that what I was referring to was God's spirit, the spirit of God, the thought adjuster, his personal fragment that lives in my life. Remember, God created all this for experience, experience, uh, experiential wisdom. It was not enough for God to simply be existentially perfect. No, 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 no. There was something missing. In order for perfection to be perfection, in order for perfection to be perfect, it had to go through the experience of life. How could you be, how could you be perfect if you don't have any experience? You can't just be perfect. And, and God, at some point, and of course we put this into the human translation machine, our brains, to try to conceptualize that point, which the Arantia book says never existed because God is eternal. God is infinite. There never was a point where God didn't exist, but there was a point where God didn't have the seven super universes. And those came into creation because God wanted to experience 
every possible facet of living. And how do you do that? By creating living will creatures through the acts of evolution. If time is not something you're worried about and you have infinity to work with, you can take as much time as you want to create creation. You know, one of the, the things about uh, Jesus' nature was he was never in a hurry. He never made quick decisions. He didn't have to because he knew from God's perspective that there's no reason to hurry, none, ever, unless you have to catch a bus or an airplane. But in, in life's great decisions, you have time, and, and God has time to let this process work out. And we actually, in our life on, on this world, have had the time. Everything is new here, and that's something that we can talk about to a great degree, is how different life is for us here based on the premise that we're an experimental world. We are a decimal planet. One in ten of our planets out of every ten are experimental in the sense that they're allowed, the life carrier sons are allowed to try new you know, things and, and create new kinds of dynamics that let's see what happens here. Maybe we can progress. Maybe we can be better. Maybe we can make this evolutionary technique more effective, more efficient. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Even in our own personal lives, you and I, we're always trying to do things better. The art of perfection is perfecting. Always perfecting. Always trying to get better. Whether you're a musician, whether you're an artist, the, the next piece that you do, you want it to be the perfect piece. When I write an article, I want that article to be the perfect piece. I want it to be the Nobel Prize winning article. I'm always searching for perfection. Even when you cut yourself, your body is seeking perf per perfection, harmony, coalescing into unity. You know, the human spirit understands the value of unity. And that's what it's all about, is bringing things to, to a better place. And so the world is trying to bring our planet to a better place. Societies of people are trying to make things better for the greatest number of people. That's what's behind a lot of the activism that you see today, is this desire to make it better, more fair. So if we knew that God was there, and we knew that we were being supervised and we were being guided by seraphic, unseen intelligences, if we knew we had a history that stretched back 100,000, 200,000 years, if we knew, for example, that there were initially six races, and that the reason that, that God and life carrier sons create these kinds of things is because it brings out the best in people, we might have more tolerance for each other. In fact, one of the reasons we have colored races is for that very reason, to teach tolerance. Now, why do we need to know tolerance? Because in the next life, and the next life, we're going to be living with other groups of beings, and you're going to need to have tolerance for everybody that you live with. You know, if you want to look into the, the next level society of, of existence, uh, it's not altogether different from what we have now. We are still dealing with other personalities. There are going to be personality conflicts. Uh, there is going to be always conflicts between differing personalities. You know, last week when we were talking about family, you know, one of the important elements of family, the maleness and femaleness, is, is that they're 
the left and right hand, if you will, of, of a human being or of society. And that element never quite goes away. Even in the angelic orders, they have a retreating and a reseeding. They have a, a sort of what I would consider probably an alpha and a beta. So there's always elements in, in nature where there's conflict, but that conflict has a designation. There's a purpose for it. And it, the idea, again, going back to, to make you a better person. I tell my son all the time, the conflicts that he has in his relationships with his girlfriend, they're there for a reason. They're there to make you a better person, to make that person better at being in a relationship. And that's what the, all of this is about, really. Uh, the universe appears to be a very socially active environment. But what if people knew that? People don't know that now. People don't know that when they die, they're going to resurrect on Mansonia 1, 2, or 3. They don't know that they're going to be getting a new body and that they're probably going to look like they did when they were 12 years old. They don't know that they're going to be able to go and look up old friends like you and I know. Think about what you and I know from the Arantia book, if you believe it's true. But think about that for a moment. Think about how wonderful that is that you have a sneak peek through the keyhole of life and you can kind of see what's on the other side. You may not understand a lot of what you see or what you read about, but you know it's there, or at least you feel like you know it's there. A lot of uh, Christians, you know, they enjoy the fact that they know that life is eternal, that they are going to be resurrected, they are going to receive redemption, salvation, grace, all of that. And that's an important message. If more people just knew that, that would make the world a better place. If we all were actually practicing uh, you know, what Jesus was teaching us on how to be better with one another, the world would be a better place. But somewhere along the line, people just stop believing. And that's kind of, I think, at the root of a lot of the social ills that we're having today. But let's quickly do this. Think about all the things that happened on our world that were new. Uh, first and foremost is that for the first time, Anywhere in Nebadon, Will came to an advanced human being before the colored races. That was new. You know, typically in the timeline of how things work, when the colored races show up, it usually is a demarcation to the advanced. It is the true advanced modern human. And we know from our own archaeology and anthropological studies that around 35, 40,000 years, the first Homo sapien sapien, not the first upright, because there were, you know, several different kinds of humans, advanced humans, and on Infanta were probably Denosovans. Uh, you always mess that up. Denosovans, I think it is. And then we have the Neanderthal, which came along around 250,000 years. They lasted for half a million. And then about 250,000 years after the Neanderthal, when it became clear that they were not progressing, they stagnated as a human species. They never really evolved beyond sort of the basic savage, savagery, more animal than human, really. And then the modern man appears of the colored races, the Sangeeks. And we know that uh, from the Arantia teachings that there were one family that produced offspring that tended to shade toward a certain color. So we had red, yellow, blue, 
orange, green, and indigo. And we mentioned earlier in this podcast that the indigo ended up surviving and dominating Africa, but it was only after the orange and green races, maybe 50,000, not that much. I tried to do a little math. They weren't that big of a tribe, but there were five tribes, five modern human tribes. The blue man took over Europe. We know from the Urantia narrative that the red and yellow took off towards Asia, but then the yellow drove the red man over the Bering Straits. He took over North America, Central America, South America. And uh, we still know that the remnants of the Neanderthals that weren't destroyed were absorbed. Probably to a great degree, the blue man, who later mated with the appearing nodites, if I'm going too fast, just hit rewind. So the second event was the appearance of the colored races long after Will had appeared in the human being or the human mind. We know from the Arantia book that Andon and Fanta technically achieved Will's status because they had the ability to worship and they, through that process, gained wisdom, insight, true decision-making. And that's what separated them from their fellows. And they were a great race, but eventually they got absorbed or destroyed by the Neanderthal. And then later the Neanderthals were destroyed, eliminated or absorbed by the modern Sangeeks, the colored races. And then later when Adam and Eve appeared 40,000 years ago, their offspring survived in great numbers to about 5 million, if I'm not mistaken, at about 19,000 B.C., and they spread out the violet race, and they mingled with the blue man. They mingled a little bit with the yellow. Not too much. Not too much with the indigo, because they had penetrated too far south into Africa. So, uh, and the red man got nothing. The red man had already been pushed off the continent 80,000 years ago. So, that was new. Having six Colored races appear in one family. Usually they happen over a period of time. So we've all been, oh, here's another one. We had a defaulting planetary prince. That wasn't good. We had a defaulting um, Adam and Eve. That wasn't good. That was different. And then, lo and behold, the son of the living universe shows up 2,000 years ago, and we killed him. Couldn't handle that. And that's something that we could save for another episode. But it just goes to show you that our world is very, very different. And that's, again, if you want to take it one step further, look at the Urantia book. How many worlds got a book of this magnitude that actually explains everything? Is it, I don't think that's a part of the course. I think that the... The Arantia book being a revelation in book form represents a new technique of revealing information about the deities. And that's what really this, in my mind, is about. It's about pulling back the curtain on life and having a better understanding of how the deities, and I'm talking when I say deities, I mean Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and their conjoint efforts to create this living, expansive universe. They are the deities. We are all uh, uh, trying to achieve unity with all three of those. And we do. 
it takes a long time. And if people knew this, if people's priorities were more universal focused rather than centrist on our own little world, our lives would be different. But somewhere, somebody said, this planet has got to figure it out. Let's see what happens. Let's see if mankind can figure it out on their own. Uh, and we'll give them a little help, but that may not be enough. And, and you know, we're only 100 years into the revelation. And it is, I'll tell you something, it is surprising to me that not 50,000 people are listening to this podcast because I know that there are at least half a million people looking for the truth. In fact, I know there's 10 million people looking for the truth. How do I know that? Because in a in a less than a decade, in, in an oppressive state like China, where atheism has been taught for two to three generations, suddenly out of nowhere, 10 million people showed up and, and wanted to practice what is essentially Christianity and Buddhism, which they call Falun Gong. And that shows me that the human spirit is alive and well, but it's being quashed by society, materialism, secularism, totalitarianism, all these different isms. Christianity is being marginalized. The truths of Christ are being hidden. Christ is now considered offensive. It won't be long, I say, I predict that eventually people that are religious will be considered to have mental illness. It's not that far. And that may only be a brief period of our history. Who knows? The Urantia book says that a society without God can no longer survive than a solar system without gravity. We shall see. But in the meantime, what would it be like if more people knew the truth? The truth is that there is an afterlife, that, that we are being guided by spiritual forces, and they so much want us to know that they're there. And they so much want people to know that you can get on your knees or you can take a walk and you can pray to God just like you're talking to your mom or dad. And, and change from within, if we can change the individual, this is kind of alluding to what I said before, the family is the central unit of society. So as the family goes, as does society. So we have to start with the individual and change the individual, or at least share the good news with the individual. You don't have to share the Urantia book, but you can share the Urantia teachings. And what are those teachings? That we are children of a loving spiritual creator. Everything else is whatever you want it to be. But if you start with that premise, then eternity is yours. The great adventure awaits you. And that's what I wanted to talk about on this edition of the Arantia Radio Podcast. Uh, I want to remind you that, uh, that I have a f- sort of a fundraising effort going on. And it has to do with this group uh, out in, uh, well, Jerry Johnson is in Hawaii, but she is part of this group, uh, Free. Uh, I'm, let me go find it. Hold on. Okay, I found it. Here it is. Jerry Johnson. The website is called freeschools.org. Every time you listen to this podcast or share it with somebody, uh, it it adds like a penny. And it adds up quickly because we've been at 25.2 thousand downloads now. 
Uh, so the word is getting out, but all of the money that I generate between now from listenership between now and the end of this year, 2021, I'm just going to write a check and give it to freeschools.org, freeschools.org, World Literacy USA. And Jerry, along with uh, some good folks uh, who travel in places like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and they teach little girls in these little villages how to read a book. I can't think of anything more important than that. Can you? Literacy, the, the ability of the mind to be able to read and be able, I mean, you know, just think of how central that is to everything else. That's the first thing you learn when you're like a human being is to read. Your language skills determine your future. And these people have took it upon themselves to uh, organize and they go to these villages and they bring them a book and they show them how to read. And that girl's life has changed forever. Freeschools.org. Uh, you can go check out the website, make a, a more sizable donation if you want to. Or you can call Jerry Anderson, and her phone number is on the uh, on the website. And then you can do something. And did I mention that everybody that's involved in freeschools.org is a Urantia book reader? Did I tell you that? That's what's cool about it. It's a, and they don't go and proselytize the Urantia book. Oh, I'm going to teach you how to read. Well, let's read the life and teachings of Jesus. No, they don't, they're not doing that. But what's cool is that once they teach that child how to read, they can pick up a Urantia book and read it, or any book for that matter. So freeschools.org is the organization that I'm uh, doing a fundraiser for. And then I promised I would have Jerry on at some point. I just got to get around to it. But uh, listen, I've gone a little long, longer than usual. Uh, I will chat with you next week. We're going to get into some Jesus stuff next week because we're coming up on the resurrection the Easter uh, holiday, and I want to, I usually around this time of the year, try to pull, pull up something about that, because, you know, my goodness, it is pretty important, isn't it? Until next time, thank you so much. net. if you want to communicate with me, my website is up always, and it's there for you. It's a great resource, and you can check it out on your smartphone, play some old podcasts, whatever you'd like. We'll see you again next time. God bless. Thank you for joining me on the Urantia Radio Podcast.